the blast from our past network. Hey, Gad, Pinky here, the real star of Pinky in the Brain. And when we need a podcast to inspire us to take over the world, we always watch Corey and Zach on Podcasting After Dark. And then we're ready to take over the world. Nerf! Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special holiday episode of TV Obscura. I am one third of the Pad TV Obscura team, Corey, aka Sleazy C, aka Hori Corey. <laughs> I'm glad my parents don't listen to this. Uh, joined with me, as always, is Zach, the total snackage Schaefer, and Diallo, the Armageddon Jackson. What's up, gentlemen? Zach, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, uh, well, I'm feeling really good. Is, is it Christmas time yet or what? That's my terrible, uh, that's my terrible Rambo impression. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's funny because I can't wait to act, to talk about how good the Rambo impression is in the show. Uh, right. un- so good. Unlike yours, <laughs> which is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Well, you, you guys know I'm always going to go bad. That's just the way of it course. is. I get of course. my, uh, my. I get my bad acting tips from Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria on The Simpsons was like, I did a bad Stallone. That's the voice of one of the cops. He's like, I did a bad E.G. Marshall. That's the voice of uh, Chief Wiggum, you know? And so there you go. And then Apu is just racist. Apu is just racist. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Diallo, my man. How's it going, buddy? I know you've been hard at work on your your podcast and and your book and everything, uh, The First Noel Chronicles. What's going on there, my friend? Yeah, I've been. Uh, uh, I just did a panel actually at a LA Comic Con, um, talking about f- fantasy, um, why fantasy is popular today. Um, some of my uh, first Noel credentials helped me get on get on stage to talk about that. Um, I am um, pushing to get um, the next few episodes out um, for a Christmas Day release. These next few chapters will be sort of like the definitive uh, wrapping up of uh, the first act. And I will give the first uh, reveal tidbit that kind of um, explains a little bit of what the whole concept is about and why you should care. So, And the first Noel is a story that you're writing. The first Noel Chronicles is the podcast you basically telling the story in chapter form uh, uh, for the podcast. So first off, what was the inception uh, behind the first Noel and the first Noel Chronicles? Um, I literally had just an image of this character and um, that name popped into my head. And it was actually... uh, uh, it was on Christmas Eve 2012 when I first thought about it. And I just was like, huh. And it kind of sat in my head for a little bit. And I did some sketches of it. And I started to um, kind of expand on the world. And then, you know, um, slowly but surely the story came to me. 
Um, the inception of it kind of is, is um, basically when you look at every culture everywhere, no matter what, they celebrate that time of year around the winter solstice. So basically my story is uh, positing like this time that something happened there and that's why we still kind of remember that time today. So no matter where it, you know, we call it Christmas in Western culture, but it goes by many other names and other cultures. And, and every, there's always a significance around that time of year. So it's kind of exploring why that is. So the, the story doesn't have like a specific like Christian spin on it or anything like that or Catholic spin, I should say. No, no, it's def it's it's definitely rooted in fantasy. So, you know, I keep calling it, uh, you know, like, Lord of the Rings meets Christmas, basically. So it has all of the the fantasy trappings, um, heavily reliant on um, Arthurian legend. Has a lot of background to it. Um, um, there, there are some pretty uh, obvious allusions to Atlantis and um, some other some other things. I'm rolling in a bunch of things. It's sort of positing this this uh, other time um, where another culture might have existed like before the, the ones that we know um, yeah. and a, and a big thing goes down and um, and we just kind of come together and it, you know, ultimately wants to explore the like, you know, quote unquote real meaning of Christmas. And um, it has to do with that darkest day, the winter solstice. And you have, and this is a, not supposed to be an ongoing story. This is something that you plan on finishing and having like a, a definitive conclusion to it and everything. Do you see it uh, uh, becoming a series or is this something, let's just see how it goes first. You're still working towards the end of, the, of this story anyways. Yeah, so I, I wrote the first draft already um, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I went back and spent a year just working on the backstory and that kind of stuff. And out of that, out of the backstory, I actually got more material for more stories down the line. Um, but I'm really just focusing on this first story um, called The First Noel. I have some other books and titles um, that may come after it. Um, I'm assuming this book will will catch on, and then I'll be able to get a, a fat publishing deal, and then I'll be able to do more to, to do more books. Um, but I do want to explore um, Christmas and perhaps other holidays after this initial story is done. And there's a key component that you will understand um, that I will introduce at a certain point why it why this story can keep happening over and over again with different um, types of adventures. At the time of this recording. Is the podcast the only way to digest the story, or can you read it as well? Can someone get a hold of it chapter by chapter? Yeah, it's available on Kindle Vela to read. So Kindle Vela just came out, um, it debuted in July, I believe. And what that is, is like you um, can read serialized novels, novellas, and chapter form. Um, with Kindle Vela, you have to like the first three chapters are free and then to unlock the subsequent chapters, you have to pay, um, tokens for them. I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure how much that is, but, um, you can sort of like dip your toe into certain books and see how you like them or, and not. Um, and it's a really big, and it's funny cause like at the beginning of this year, I was um, talking with somebody that um, is a writer um, and they were kind of suggesting I look into actually 
publishing the story in chapter form, but there was no platform for it at the time. And then, um, and then Kendall Vela came out. So, um, you know, like, uh, you know, Dick Dickens, not that I'm, not that I'm on his level, but he, you know, he, he wrote, um, a lot of writers wrote in chapter form, um, back in the day. Um, I think Conan, Conan Doyle did was, um, some Sherlock Holmes stories. And so, um, following that tradition a little bit, um, and just, uh, it's a great way to to kind of keep that feeling of like um, adventure and mystery and suspense as well. So, well, I hope everybody checks out the first Noel on Kindle Vela and the first Noel Chronicles uh, anywhere you listen to fine podcasts like this one. <laughs> uh, so, guys and gals, we are tackling uh, three of our favorite Christmas episodes from cartoons from our youth so we're not discussing wait 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 Corey, Corey, just one second i have to say something to you yes i have to get square with both you and zach <laughs> i am not a stan of gobots <laughs> <laughs> you listen to our episode huh <laughs> The GoBots. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touché. I had to get that out. <laughs> Did I, I say we, you were a fan? I said. I think I. I said it. I think I said yeah. it. I always assumed you were. I thought you were a fan. Corey, yeah. I. I'm not. I'm not. Not. I'm not a fan. I like. It existed. I remember when it came out. It was okay, <laughs> but. I never, you know, like obviously Transformers was the, was the superior, uh, you know, property. Um, yeah. Go, GoBots had its chance and uh, nature selected them for extinction. <laughs> <laughs> they blew it. Touche. They blew it. Uh, and if you want to know what we're talking about, Zach and I in the Trancers review, uh, we're talking, we had a GoBots conversation because we were talking about scooters. And uh, and then, of course, I threw out there that Diallo uh, likes GoBots. <laughs> I've been planning that for a day. <laughs> John Doe Cyborg, right? Or John Doe, John Doe Manborg? Or yeah, John, John Doe, Man- Doe Manborg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old John Doe Manborg. Oh, yeah, Scooter and Psykill and, and Leader One. Leader One. Mm-hmm. Turbo. I, lo- I, I wanted to love, here's where GoBots can get it right. Not only can they release the figures, the, the toys to look like they did in the cartoon, a la Super 7, but also release the humans as well, because uh, yeah. I like the humans mm. on that show. I, 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 that show had a lot of potential, it, and we both agreed that that movie, Battle, Battle of the Rock Lords, is really good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Margot Kidder does a voice on it. <laughs> Telly Savalas. And, and of course, we, uh, we Dowell. And of course, we both reminisced on that one GoBot toy that we both had. That was a car nugget. With, Remember the the car that the, oh. the head was the uh, the middle part or something like that. Yeah, yeah. was that yeah. the silver? Was it a silver car? Or was it like a red one? I, I swear to God, they like made multiple versions of it. Like I, I swear yeah. they did repaints, and like one was good and one was bad. Because yeah, I think I did. feel like it didn't. For me, it didn't feel like it. Like it felt like the other ones. So I guarantee you, it was like another line that they just bought that one toy off of. You know. Yeah, they did, and they had like a little like the they had a driver in the driver's seat. Yeah. It was like silver, and he didn't move or something. Yeah. I think he might have come yeah. out, but 
but he was in like sitting pose, <laughs> which was nothing like any of the other GoBots. Which is nope. so nope. it, to me, it always kind of felt like the Jetfire scenario from Transformers. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the difference being that was cool. Yeah. Difference, <laughs> difference being Jetfire now is worth like thousands of dollars because he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> however, I however at least GoBots had Thruster One. That's right, Thruster, Thruster One. One, and he looked like a giant gray penis. <laughs> Basically, yep. Look, you can put your guys in. Oh, so so I have the bad guy version. Mark Fong, our good buddy Mark Fong, uh, gifted me a bunch of toys from his youth that he never got rid of. And he's like, oh, maybe Bodie will like these. And he gave me the villain version of Thruster 1, uh, which transforms into a robot as well. It's terrible. And there's there's a button for a sound effect. And Bodie's like, what's the sound effect? Let's put batteries in and find out. You turn it on and just goes, I'm going to muffle myself a little bit because it's going to be loud. Beep! <laughs> <laughs> we're like turn that off now and he goes this is cool i'm like this is no <laughs> is the bad guys is the was the plastic because the, the thruster one had that light gray plastic like like leader one he kind of looked akin to leader one um yeah. was the bad guys one like a dark blue or something it was dark blue and black and and purple, I think, and gray. You know what I'm thinking, though, in my head? All sorts of badness. I'm thinking of, do you remember the big, bad walking thing from Wheeled Warriors, and it kind of was, like, blue with yes. the head? Yeah, that's, in my head, what I'm picturing. Um, guys and gals, we are <laughs> off <You're> track. Gonna... <laughs> but, you know, well, it, no, no, we, we are on track. Because it's Christmas. All of these things... All of these things could have connected to Christmas uh, yeah. toys, Christmas toys of the 80s Christmas and toys. 90s. And here we are talking about our favorite cartoon from the 80s and 90s. Wait, what's your favorite cartoon? The GoBots? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying we're talking about some of our favorite holiday-themed there episodes from the 80s there and 90s. There we go. There huh? we go. See how I saved that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so obviously, Corey, you know, you—, you who came up with this idea? I, I don't know. Pro- probably I think me. Was, I, like, I think it was Corey. It was Corey. I like themes. I like themes. And, yeah. and originally, we, I thought we were going to do stuff like Garfield's uh, you know, Christmas holiday, although we all agreed no, because we all agreed that we didn't want to freaking cry our eyes out uh, because of that one. So this episode, we are not going to be like kind of, you know, we, obviously you'll give some backstory on the show itself, but we are honing in on specific episodes from specific uh, uh, TV shows, from cartoons. So, I'm going to be taking us through Xmas Marks the Spot for the Real Ghostbusters. That was Season 1, Episode 13. Zach is going to take us through When Savage Stole Christmas for Rambo. What? No, When when Savage Stole Santa. Sorry, When Savage Stole Santa. Uh, Literally. What, uh, what, was, what season, what uh, episode number was that? Episode 45. Okay. And Diallo <laughs> is going to talk okay, to sure. us about The Tick. The Tick loves Santa. <laughs> definitely, definitely loves Santa. De- definitely, yeah. definitely loves Santa. And, and Diallo, do you have the uh, the ep- season and episode number for that one? Yeah, season two episode. They have two different versions of episode. Um, episode 10 and also episode 23. Um, so I think it's episode 20. I, I'm sorry, episode... 20 yeah episode 23 overall but it's episode 10 of season two oh like it was created as episode 10 but it was aired as episode 23 yeah yeah okay okay 
and uh yeah definitely confusing yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. definitely confusing I, as yeah. i was re-watching uh, the tick as much as i loved it i was definitely annoyed by uh what sewer urchin uh, or whatever yes yeah. yes sewer urchin i was like ooh, i was like ooh, you guys really leaned into that bit didn't you <laughs> annoyed or totally enthralled hey what one or the other one or the other <laughs> so obviously all three of these are christmas themed episodes from those TV shows. And like I said, obviously we'll give a backstory on the show and everything and whatnot. But you guys and gals at this point, you know, you know us. This is like episode 14 of TV Obscura. You know our love for the 70s, 80s, and 90s cartoons. You know what our back, what our history is with all of this stuff. So I don't think any of these uh, would be a surprise for any of our listeners. No, but but I do want to say, I do want to say this was kind of challenging in a sense because believe it or not there's not a lot of holiday themed episodes for every cartoon back in the day um for whatever reason you know diallo and i talked about like gi joe had a christmas theme christmas themed episode i don't think many shows did um that were quote unquote, you know, uh, lesser known or underground, you know, like the fat Albert had one. And, and, and then, um, you, like you mentioned, Garfield had one, but a lot of cartoons didn't. And so when they did, maybe that's because it could be shown at any time. I was, I was going to ask, do you, think, do you think it's a syndication thing? Like when they created these, they, they, a lot of times as, as we know from discussion, they've already been created for syndication. So yeah. do, do you think that had something to do with it? They didn't want to give anything that kind of marked the, the, the time frame of it. I think so. I think so. Because like the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special, that was a televised, uh, like a evening, uh, special, I think I'm pretty sure it was. That was its own thing. They, they did that like separately. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a standalone episode because I think it was like 45 minutes yeah. long or something, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously with commercials an hour. Um, but, but yeah, a lot of these shows being syndicated or being on during the, during the day, during the uh, weekday, maybe that's, maybe that's why it's such a bummer though, because I watch these now and granted, not everybody celebrates, obviously not everybody celebrates Christmas, not everybody celebrates Hanukkah. No, um, but I love a good holiday episode. You know, I was thinking about I just recently watched uh, Recess, Disney's Recess. They did a they did an episode where the main character is Jewish, so he was I think he was wearing like a menorah uh, out. For, he came dressed up as a dreidel or something like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> but they had every like cultural representation in that episode because Recess was so good with stuff like that. But but I love when when you when you brought up this idea of, to do a holiday episode. I immediately wanted to do the Rambo one because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is obscure. And I'm always tend to pull out something really random from the 80s. And then I thought Diallo would go 70s, but he didn't. He went he jumped us all. (laughs) Typically, he's the first one to, you know, when we go in order of timeline wise on this show, he's always the one who goes first. (laughs) Because his shows are like (laughs) early, late, early 80s or late 70s. Now he'll go last because he's toe dipping into the 90s, which we don't all do that often. No, and I got to say, though, man, 
all three of these cartoons I watched, and all of them are near and dear to my heart. So I am excited Same. to talk about Same-sies. every single one of them. But I, I'm like you, dude. I love holiday episodes of of sitcoms. Of uh, you know, uh, either it doesn't matter if it's Christmas or, or Halloween. I just I've always loved holiday holiday episodes. I think they're a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I I I've, don't imagine. Next year, we'll probably tackle the, this with cartoons again. We'll probably do maybe live-action shows or something because, you know, Tales from the Crypt and all that kind of stuff, they had some great uh, Christmas oh, uh, episodes yeah. as well. So, Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. so there's some good <laughs> shit out there. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know, we uh, Diallo pulls a, a Christmas episode from Saturday night's main event. Or, uh, oh, you know, Pee-wee's Playhouse did a Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Christmas episode was really good. And... Uh, Something like that. Yeah, so Christmas bef- uh, Christmas back in the day was like, you know, when you're watching cartoons. I re- like, I always remember, like, especially, like, CBS would have their Christmas yes. specials with, you know, Charlie Brown and that little mm-hmm. CBS, totally. uh, the special logo would spin around with the music. Oh, and it was always just like that was, like, the perfect time of year. And, you know, especially back when we were younger and there wasn't, um, you know, like you couldn't rewatch a lot of the shows, so you probably were watching it that one time, that one year, and you couldn't necessarily record it or and um, watch it over and over again. So um, yeah, like I, I I always love the uh, the Christmas episodes or holiday episodes, and uh, it was really really fun watching these ones. And the Tick, I you know initially like. I was, I think I was going to do Fat Albert, but something didn't quite feel right about it. Like I felt like something not, not right because of, uh, the guy that was what behind are you talking it. about? <laughs> it just like, but I was just kind of like, it didn't, it didn't feel obscure enough. You know, it felt well known enough. Um, and, yeah. uh, and I, all of a sudden I had this spark that popped into my head and I forgot how much I actually really loved this episode, even though I hadn't watched it. So um, yeah, let's do this thing. The gift of Christmas. Yeah, I, I just want to personally thank both of you for picking uh, both of these episodes because oh, they were just a blast of nostalgia, and I absolutely so love them. Um, and I just want to say, before I jump into the real Ghostbusters, uh, to the opposite uh, coin of what you're saying, Diallo, I always hated it when the ghost, uh, when the um, when the Christmas episode of like GI Joe or something would like pop up in like April or something because it was you know syndication, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not Christmas. <laughs> well, you, you know that that's interesting because I think I probably felt the same way too back then, and now I'm like I want to watch it all yeah, the time, yeah. anytime. <laughs> yeah. But but on the same token, I'm watching the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is this gonna age well? Because it takes place at Christmas, and it's very specific to the holiday. Yeah. I don't know if this is gonna age as well. I don't know. It just popped in my, like it didn't feel like a very uh, universal. Mm. I, I'm enjoying the Hawkeye series so far, and I, I do like me the too. fact that it's at, it takes place at Christmas time. But yeah, I'm and I'm with too. you. It it does make you wonder how how, how much legs it's going to have uh, ultimately. Um, yeah, so Just something that yeah. popped in my head. But yeah, I'm, but I'm I'm so glad that we picked ones that were not uh, typical. You know, we even though this is TV obscura, we still could have done the 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 Garfield episode or the the G.I. Joe one or the the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. We could have gone down that road, which would have been fine as well. I, I have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> I'm glad we did something that was, you know, 
but but maybe we do another Christmas one next year. Maybe we dig deep and Diallo finds the Snorks Christmas special. <laughs> do the Smurfs one, I, and, dude. Uh, I love the Snorks as a kid. By the way, uh, you know. Me too. Hey, I don't it's, know. Maybe, we, maybe we do Snorks, Smurfs, and Littles. How about that? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I used to love gummy bears. Uh, I used to. Oh love, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. So much good shit. Mm. But to your point, uh, uh, Zach, I'd say. Mine is probably the most mainstream with real Ghostbusters, but still, I yeah. don't think a lot of people think of this specific episode, you know? Unlike, like you said, the He-Man and She-Ra episode. I think everybody, like, if you immediately think 80s cartoon Christmas, I, a lot of people go there, they go to Garfield, you know, uh, stuff like that. You know, instead of those, maybe we do we would do a Heathcliff uh, uh, Christmas special. <laughs> and, and Heathcliff, Cadillac Cats, yeah. and Top Hat. How about that? Dude, dude. Weird. I was a big Heathcliff top fan, cat, by top the way. Cat. I love Heathcliff. I love Heathcliff. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, you're the one to rise the yeah. neighborhood. Everyone. Dude, I love that theme song, by the way. Oh, man, we're mm-hmm. going to do Heathcliff one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth being trapped alone with something not human something always watching something always waiting what would you do where would you run where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone podcasting after dark presents seven winters alone a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. And now, back to the show. All right, guys and gals, I am going to jump into the real Ghostbusters. Xmas marks the spot. Season 1, episode 13, uh, written by J. Michael Straczynski. Um, I am going to give, you know, some background on the real Ghostbusters, but I probably won't go in depth as as I would have otherwise. The Real Ghostbusters was an American-produced animated series spinoff of the 1984 film. It was co-produced by Columbia Pictures Television and Deke uh, and distributed by Coca-Cola Telecommunications. The show aired for seven seasons on ABC and then in syndication from 1986 through 1991. Uh, Notably, one of the producers was Richard Rainis, who's won six primetime Emmys for The Simpsons and is also known for co-creating the Men in Black animated series, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, Extreme Ghostbusters, which is also highly underrated. Uh, Zach and I talked about that on some episode uh, a couple episodes ago or something, but it's actually a really dark and good cartoon. Uh, we talked about it on the BFOP, uh, the BFOP wrap-up for Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's right. Because you guys asked me what my favorite uh, incarnation of Ghostbusters was, and I said <laughs> Extreme Ghostbusters. And I watched Extreme Ghostbusters when it was on Hulu about five or six years ago. I'd never seen it before. It is remarkably dark and mature yes. and very, very good. Um, yeah, there's one with a giant maggot yep. that will scare the shit out of you. Yep, I remember that one. Um, and he also co-created 
uh, a TV Obscura show, Roughnecks, the Starship Troopers Chronicles. So oh, wow, that's, cool. a, yeah, that's something. Some more, uh, a couple more notable uh, people behind the scenes. Um, even though the, the, the main title song was done by Ray Parker Jr., um, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy were the co- composers for the series. My boys. Exactly. Uh, Real Ghostbusters featured the voice talents of Lorenzo Music and Dave Coulier as Vinkman. Uh, first two seasons were Lorenzo Music. Da- uh, Frank Welker as Ray, uh, Ray Stance. Maurice LaMarche as e- uh, Egon Spangler. Uh, Arsenio Hall and Buster Jones as Winston. Arsenio Hall was the first two seasons. And Laura Summer and Kath Susie, I believe is how you pronounce her name, uh, was Janine. Uh, Laura Summer was uh, for also the first two seasons. So what I'm not going to get into was the Q5 debacle that basically uh, caused so much crap behind the scenes with this show. Long story short, ABC had a hit fucking show right out of the gate, but yet for some reason called in this third party uh, consulting firm called Q5 and the fixes and to fix their number one show. And the fixes that they did was basically kidify it, you know. Uh, they made Janine a bit more of a den mother. Uh, they they took away the whole Egon Janine love interest thing, which as a kid, one of the things that I had a problem with with Ghostbusters 2 was like, why was Janine and, and Egon not together? Because in Ghostbusters the movie, Janine clearly liked Egon. And then in the first two seasons of the real Ghostbusters, Janine was in love with Egon. You see it in this episode. And then they dropped that shit. And then the most famously in insane thing that they made that this Q5 consulting group made the 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 people do was change Janine's glasses because the the sharp edges in the first two seasons scare kids no they don't no they don't. <laughs> so there's um a lot of people have done in-depth discussions on the whole Q5 debacle of the real Ghostbusters and like like why the first couple of seasons have like J. Michael Straczynski doing these awesome like Cthulhu storylines and shit like that and then the show takes a nosedive in the latter half of it because of because of fucking Q5 Bummer. yep so Corey, but, would hmm. um you you might get into it a little bit more but was that one of uh, J. Michael Straczynski's first uh like gigs writing or had he been writing in cartoons for a while or i i'm gonna be honest with you i don't actually know the answer to that but my understanding is this is one of his earlier gigs wait he did captain power too right or no did i make that up i i I almost kind of feel like you're a bigger j michael straczynski fan than i am okay (laughs) (laughs) you're like easy answer okay (laughs) no i it's no because like we'll go into the episode but he's he is he is such a good writer and um the depth of writing for this episode and i think he did i think he wrote uh captain power okay and that show had a depth to it beyond you know what kitty programs are that's kind of where my brain was going with it so i was and, that's why i was asking and that logic tracks for me kind of knowing what i know about and, and most of the stuff i know of j michael straczynski is from the real ghostbusters uh he wrote that comic book i i used to read that comic book that he wrote. rising stars that rising stars yeah. yeah um and then he created babylon 5 correct yeah yeah, yeah. 
Is there a Christmas episode for Captain Power? <laughs> no, but there's an episode where everybody dies at the yeah. end. <laughs> Isn't that a Christmas episode? <laughs> Pretty <Yeah>. much. Um <laughs> I'm going to give you the synopsis really quick uh, from the the DVD box set that I have here. Brag. Um, Do you have the Firehouse? I don't. I actually only have the uh, the, the the season one and season two uh, DVD sets. I don't. Who has the Firehouse, Diallo? <laughs> Zach does. Zach does. Uh, Xmas marks the spot. Zapped back in time to 1837, England, the Ghostbusters unknowingly trap ghosts of Christmas, thereby saving Ebenezer Scrooge from his scheduled rehabilitation. The future is changed, and they must go back in time to change it back, while Egon makes an even more frightening trip into the containment unit. Now, one of the reasons that I freaking love this episode as a kid was because you got to see inside the containment unit for the first time. Now, later on, Slimer will go in the containment unit and you see it again. But in this episode, this was the first time you actually got to see inside the containment unit. And it, I, which blew my mind as a kid. And even more so, they showed like ghosts from the first 12 episodes of the show in there, like Sam Hain and stuff like that. Or uh, actually, yeah, it was Sam Hain and it was yeah. um, the, the Sandman was also in there as well. And just pretty much every ghost that they trapped in the first few episodes were all in there. And that was freaking mind boggling to me. So cool. So, yeah, as I said, they basically, they're, they're coming back from a bust. They, uh, they, they get, it, actually i like how they do it they go through this like vortex thing and they go back in time also across uh, continents uh weirdly but you know the show doesn't really care about worrying about that <laughs> it's a portal man it's a portal. You can go any yeah have you seen dr strange it, exactly you can go anywhere exactly and uh it's it's really cool so they basically they re they rescue you know mr scrooge they they serve mr scrooge uh, ebenezer scrooge uh you know we get a quick shot of bob cratchit and tiny tim walking by and stuff like that uh, we see the three ghosts, which are, I, I thought they looked pretty neat. Um, they weren't as scary as, as, you know, or elaborate, um, as the Bob Marley, uh, or not Bob, is was his name Bob? It, not Bob, Bob Cratchit? Yeah. Well, no, Bob Marley, Cratchit. his, his, uh, partner at the, in the beginning of the episode, oh, yeah. they see Marley, uh, fly out of Scrooge's room and he fly away. Did you guys notice like how he was designed? Like with all the chains and everything? Creepy. Yeah, that was really cool. The ghosts of past, present, and future, they weren't as elaborately designed, I would say. Um, or at least not as elaborately designed as Janine's outfit, uh, her Christmas outfit, when they go back to... Byron, quack, quack. <laughs> so, and I was thinking, bah, you got to bah. shave before you wear a dress like that. <laughs> right? And I don't mean <laughs> your legs. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and I was like, that is a wild outfit. It's like a, a yellow sweater with black polka dots and then it's like almost like a dress and then she's got black leggings on with like yellow pumps and her high heels i'm just like it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing they get back home and they find out that basically christmas like everybody's just saying bah humbug i love the fight that the two guys have out inside out front of the firehouse where two guys are like bah humbug to you no bah humbug to you bah humbug to you it was, it's yeah. really fucking funny so great. Once they dis once they figure that out, 
they they have to they quickly run back to the fire station but too late egon had already deposited the ghosts into the containment unit thus setting off uh the the storyline egon has to go in and get the ghosts back uh the other ghostbusters say they're going to help and do it as well but egon says no you got to go back to Ebenezer Scrooge because as as Christmas Eve is passing here, it's passing there. And that was one thing I actually liked was that there was a parallel timeline happening at the same time. That was great. Yeah, I thought that was neat. So Winston, Ray, and Peter have to go to Ebenezer Scrooge, and they all have to kind of pretend to be ghosts. And Peter is the ghost of Christmas past, and he dresses up like a you know fairy and all this kind of stuff. It's it's funny. Hijinks ensue and everything. Um, <laughs> but the crux of the story, the real the real meat and potatoes, is is Egon having to go into the containment unit, you know, and, and go through there. And he only has an hour because his his body, the way the suit is, he can only be in there for an hour. He eventually finds them, brings them back, the ghosts out. And as he's doing so, of course, it's right under the wire. Um, he tells Janine, like, if other ghosts start coming out, don't worry about me. Basically, close the containment unit, which I thought rung very true with the Ghostbusters afterlife portrayal of Egon and how he was willing to basically sacrifice himself to save the entire world. I was like, it just it rung real fucking true for me in this episode. I was like, oh, wow. Um, there's also a little minor part where Simer sort of has to save, save the day and keep the machine running and everything. Um, which was, you know, that's fine. Gave Slimer something to do. Uh, we do see at one point Janine clearly is in love with Egon in this episode. And again, that was something that I, I really harped on as a kid and just really confused the shit out of me in Ghostbusters 2, why they weren't together, you know? Um, eventually he obviously gets them out. Uh, you know, he, he meets up with the, the gang, um, you know, at, in the past and everything. And, and they don't explain how he got there, even though the guys had to drive the, you know, the Ecto to get there. And I just assume he took the Ecto two, which was the helicopter. Um, and he, you know, lets out the ghosts and they go do their job and basically Christmas is saved. And the ghost of Christmas present basically zaps them back, uh, to, to their time. And, uh, they drink some weird blue, uh, punch that I didn't understand. Yeah, blue eggnog. <laughs> it's blue right? eggnog. Did not understand that at all. And, uh, and they <laughs> saved the day. They saved the day. And more importantly, uh, there's also this really neat through line of Venkman not loving Christmas because his dad always was never around as a kid. And if you've seen the episode where they go to Alaska uh, on because of, of Vinkman's dad, there's like this like whole Vinkman's dad episode in season one or two. I think it's season one. You see his dad's like a shyster, you know, and uh, but. By the end of this episode, Venkman has learned the importance of Christmas because he saw, you know, what society was like without it. And honestly, you know, watching it now, obviously I love the Ghostbusters. Obviously I love the real Ghostbusters. Um, everyone who knows me knows that I love Lorenzo Music as Venkman. He is my favorite Venkman of, and I'm talking about Bill Murray, I'm talking about movies and everything. Lorenzo Music is my favorite. But all that nostalgia aside... I found the episode to be very sweet and I found it to be like actually nice to have a, a, a moral to it that didn't just come at the end. Like Vinkman learns his lesson throughout the course of the episode and it didn't feel like something that was tacked on 
at just being like, oh, now we've learned a lesson. I was like, it, it felt organic that Venkman actually like learned it. Granted, it's only 22 minutes, but you know, whatever. Um, and then I thought it was fun from beginning to end. And then I, I love seeing inside the, the containment unit. I thought that was awesome. So all that combined, it's not my, not my favorite episode of, of real Ghostbusters, you know, of all time that that's uh, citizen ghost, uh, season one. It's the one where, it picks up right up after uh, the, the first movie and you find out how they get their other uh, costumes and stuff. How they get their new yep. suits. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that was really cool. And I'm, maybe we'll That's talk about it too. more in depth later. But this episode, I always remembered it. Um, when I was younger, I didn't find it to be very exciting. But as I'm older, I found it, what it lacked in excitement, it made up for in its message and in, in how positive uh i felt it portrayed everything so i really liked it i thought that was a really good episode um diallo what did you uh think about this one uh i thought it was great like i think like you were saying it uh it the vinkman arc actually kind of made it for me um because it started out with him um but then i think his story kind of went to the background and then but it came around at the end and i was like oh yeah and it totally made sense it was organic and like you said it was kind of sweet and um the uh, i actually found the i think the ghosts looked the way they did because they had to definitely be good you know like yeah. good guy ghosts and they couldn't yeah. be a threat to because they had to be saved and all that stuff um but I really like the uh, the design. I, I like the design of uh, the Ghosts of Christmas Past. I just liked how big and jolly and, you know, uh, boisterous he looked, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it was a it was a, it was pretty cool. I liked, uh, you know, that I, I had I had a little bit of like uh, Back to the Future 2 vibes um, when they get back to their own time and everybody's kind of in this alternate uh, mindset or timeline because of, uh, because of what happened. I like how Janine kept saying, uh, you know, bah humbug. Like she, like she, <laughs> like was, she, she even, was, she couldn't even <laughs> say Christmas. And then, and then uh, it was a funny little gag where Egon was like Christmas and she'd go bah humbug. And he's bah like humbug, yeah. Christmas. And she's like bah humbug. And he's like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Or no, fa yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So I liked it. And then, you know, and then, and then for me, I know you've watched the, you've watched the real Ghostbusters over, you know, multiple times, but I haven't watched it since like whenever it went off the air. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I, but I, I watched it pretty religiously. Um, uh, like it came on in the mornings, I think, um, like weekday mornings, uh, where I grew up. And then, I remember when it went to Saturday mornings and I didn't know about what you were talking about, but I do remember watching it and being like, why is this different? And I also, I also felt like the animation was a little less sharp too. Um, but that happened. Like, like that James happened glasses. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Literally that happened with a couple shows too. Cause I remember like gargoyles had that same thing going on, but anyways, yeah, it was a. I like me. I, I don't know. I dug it. I think out of all three, I actually felt like the story in this one was um, a little bit more uh, serious, isn't the word, but it was a little bit more coherent. <laughs> you know, um, even even with a lot of the um, conceits it has, like the the the, it was like easy with the portal. It just kind of opens up, and then they go back in time, and like you said, they travel continents, but. 
like you know with with 20 minutes it's like you you there's only and it's a kid's cartoon too so um yeah, yeah. but uh well i one i have a, i do have a question it's not necessarily about the episode but you probably know the story one thing that always has fascinated me about ghostbusters and i like i always thought about it but i didn't really think about it but what was the um mindset behind them making the characters so different from the uh the way they look and talk uh in the movies oh i so my understanding because you can you can see the the pilot intro that they did so basically it was like they had a test footage um, for the opening cinema, opening that you see on the cartoon. And mm-hmm. originally, kind of everyone looked sort of the same, but they had the correct colors. Like, their jumpsuits were gray, um, and, and like, you know, Egon's hair was black and everything, and it was all very correct. And you all you got to do is look at it now, and you can see how it, that's not the right play to make with, a car, like, a kid's cartoon. Okay. They just okay. looked too similar. They looked too much uh, alike and it was too drab um mm-hmm. so without knowing like the actual specific reasons i can only deduce that it just made it so much easier to tell the characters apart i think the biggest thing if i were dan Aykroyd, was like why'd you make ray fat because you watch the yeah. first movie and, and and dan Aykroyd's not heavy he is kind of yeah. heavy now but he's he wasn't heavy then it was like a Nostradamus of its time. Right, they knew what he was coming, what he was going to turn into. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but I, yeah, I asked. I guess, I mean, I asked you that really because I was noticing it, and I mean, I liked it. I really like. It's one of the things that it, it feels inspired to me because yeah. it's like it, you know any other adaptation would be pretty pretty straightforward, but this one it was like the costumes or their outfits were different. Um, they, I mean, their looks were really different. Um, and it lent itself to like this alternate kind of like timeline. But I actually, in my mind, like you were saying, like Janine and um, um, Egon, like they were always like, they had like a romance well, yeah. budding. And then like, and then when I switched over to like, you know, uh, Ghostbusters 2, by the time Ghostbusters 2 came out, like that wasn't a thing. And I and, like it kind of threw me off a little bit, even though yeah. I knew they were two different things, you know, because the cartoon that did a it did a really good job of sort of like long term kind of building up those characters and lots of the lots of pieces of them actually informed how I see them when I'm watching the live action version. Me too. And, and, and yes, like I said, at nausea, like that was one of the reasons that, that, that Ghostbusters 2 I have a problem with. Um, but knowing that uh, Jason Reitman is famously a huge fan of real Ghostbusters because he was the oh, perfect okay. age, um, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of real Ghostbusters nods in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, okay. from, like like at the beginning, he had like this wisp of, of curly hair mm-hmm. in front of him. I was like, yeah. oh, that's totally real Ghostbusters homage. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to give too much away. Um, uh, with if in case people haven't seen Afterlife, so I don't want to spoil too much. But uh, yeah, Dial, all I can say is you can easily find uh, an image. Uh, it's the same shot that you'll see at the beginning of the cartoon of all of them lighting up their their proton throwers. Yeah. Um, but you'll see what the you can see what they originally looked like, and right away you'll be like, oh yeah, it's everything in the sh- it, in the shot is so gray and drab because yeah. they they committed <clears throat> to looking. And yeah, I think they made the right choice, like like you're saying. Um, yeah. Zach, what, uh, did, well, did you show this to Bodie? I assume. Well, Diallo and I and Bodie watched all three episodes in order, uh, starting with this one. 
and he enjoyed all three. Spoiler. Uh, he he didn't he didn't have anything negative to say about this one. I echo a little bit about what you said that there's less action, more talking. So from a kid's perspective, I could see that being a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Um, I love this show. Obviously, I love this show. I had the figures. I had the you know I have the box set. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, watched it religiously, and. Um, I think as a kid, I really wanted them to all be in their original uniforms. In fact, there's a toy line out now of like a kind of cartoonish version of the original Ghostbusters in their outfits. That looks really cool. They're like old school looking figures and very neat looking. I'm like, I kind of want to get those, but I won't. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, we watched this one. And from the onset, I was loving it. Uh, I... The um, the ghosts reminded me a little bit of the Albert Finney Scrooge from back in the day, which mm-hmm. is my favorite uh, telling of, um, you know, A, a Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Uh, and Bodie loved the Ghost of Christmas Future. He's like, oh, he looks really cool, but yeah. he loves monsters and he loves max and like things that just look otherworldly he loved that part where egon goes into the the ghost world um i gathered a piece of it like that the the portal was going to close also in a certain amount of time if he didn't get out um that i don't know maybe i was wrong in in that but uh i felt like there was also sense of yeah for Egon. yeah yeah he had one hour he had yeah the portal was going to close and he was going to like lose his density yeah yeah there was a there was a clock ticking essentially yeah yeah, I loved his suit. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, the suits, the spacesuits in Event Horizon a little bit, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, I'm wondering if Event Horizon was influenced by it. Yeah, I, I love everything about it. I love. Um, I know, like the toy line, and you said that the show kind of went off the rails as it got went along. Uh, Lewis Tully, they made a figure for him and kind of brought him into the fold, which is cool on one hand, but then at the same time, too, I'm like. Nah, just go with what you originally should have done. Uh, Diallo and I want, well, we we watched the intro to this episode from uh, Stephen Straczynski. J. Michael Straczynski. J. Michael Straczynski. You know, uh, Michael J. Fox. Um, and he said this was his favorite episode that he's done yeah. of mm-hmm. the series. So I'm like, oh, well, if he said it's his favorite, it must be good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm watched it since I was a kid. So watching it again, I was like, whoa, yeah. Because there is a slight lull at one point where almost like the, the music goes out too. And they did this a lot in the show. The music would go out. I like it now, but I always thought it was kind of eerie at the time when I was a kid. Um, but then it really picks up, you know, where, and, and they even had like, a, a random song specifically for the episode that was playing in the car in the episode one as they're driving around. I'm like, this is a cool song. It's a banger. And because it was, uh, what's it called? Diagenic sound? Is it when it's sound that's in the... Diagetic. Diagetic, yeah. Because yeah. it was diagetic sound on the radio, when the Ecto-1 dies, the sound goes down too. And I was like, oh, that's... Exactly. That's like some... You don't do that level of like filmic stuff in cartoons you know like syndicated mm-hmm. cartoons that was that's some high level shit right there yeah it's really thought it's really well thought out um but obviously it's like you you better be thought out if you're gonna do a charles dickens-esque story you better do that otherwise it'll just get forgotten and obviously it didn't because we're talking about it in 2021 which is a trip so yeah i loved it um 
and, and, you know, all three of these cartoons have something where you're like, nah, this is, but then it's a 22 minute episode or 21 minutes. There's not a whole lot you can do during that time. So you got to pack it in with everything. Uh, I thought it was funny when, um, you know, Peter is having to, to dress up as the ghost with the wig on and having to kind of be, and, he's, and he gives him a viewfinder. And I'm like, he gives a uh, Scrooge a viewfinder to look into his, into, uh, into his past and funny shit like that. It, it just really smart and very timely. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is so eighties. It's so eighties and Egon's hair, that tail. I mean, obviously yeah, we will tail, talk more about tail, this show great. as we go, go along, but the rat tail was so popular when this when this came out, and it was so kind of punk rock in a way, actually, uh, which is which is badass to make, uh, you know, your 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 top guy, your top nerd, kind of the punk rock one of the whole group, yeah. you know, with his bleach blonde hair. Because I always assumed he bleached his hair. That's what I said. Yeah. You know that it wasn't naturally blonde. Um, and yeah, and, and I love hearing Arsenio Hall do Winston. Yeah, in, in a way, like he's my favorite Winston. My, me too. <laughs> he, I, I like him. A, I really like Arsenio Hall as Winston. And uh, yeah, it's the first two seasons, man, are, are, are my favorite. Even though I, I, I don't hate Coulier um, as as Venkman. I think he's he's doing much more of a Bill Murray impression uh, than Lorenzo Music was doing. You know, but, but I, I just. For some reason, I just love Lorenzo Music's like sleepy deliveries. I just I love it so much. Um, He's kind of got this like lazy voices things going on there. Nothing really he bothers was, me, man. It's all good. He was, he was tummy zummy in uh, Gummy Bears. Thank. <gasps> Gummy Bears. Bouncing here. That was another show that I watched the hell out of as a kid. Was it? Wasn't he Garfield too? Was that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. Garfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the big one. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad Bodie enjoyed it. Um, I do I do agree. I think we all agree that that as a kid it was kind of a slower episode, but now it's definitely it's got it's much more heart, and I think you appreciate it more as you're old when you're older. You know, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. You know what has a shit ton of action? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Rambo. You know, you know what else Rambo doesn't have? Fucking laser guns. It has bullet guns. This fucking blew my mind. And I've already said F like three times. <laughs> so, well, I tell you what, he, uh, when I said to Bodhi, I said, you ready to watch Rambo? He goes, yeah, let's get to the action. Yeah. Cause he knew it was the store. That's very, that's very telling. I know that's, it's, it is true, but all right, uh, Zach, give us the tale of the tape on Rambo. The, the hard, God, I love the eighties when the turning hard R action movies like Rambo and RoboCop into kids cartoons. Dude, guys and gals, there will never be another time in our history that, that we do that as a society. So, Zach, <laughs> talk to us about Rambo, baby. Well, I'll tell you what we will do as a podcast. We will do this show as a, as a proper very soon because, uh, yeah, we did do RoboCop early on. I can't believe we're in 14 episodes in, by the way. Uh, we will do RoboCop down the – we did RoboCop already, but we will do RoboCop as a, a – we will do Rambo as a proper <laughs> episode with, say, Toxic Crusaders from yep. Corey and then maybe Diallo picks, I don't know, Swamp Thing or Tales from the Crypt, the cartoon or yeah. something. I, like I, actually know, I actually know what I'm going to do if we uh, do those. Uh, 
Yeah. There you go. Well, and you've heard it here first, folks. And real um, quick, uh, when we were doing this episode, I, I reminded the guys uh, you can pick, you know, a, 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 an episode from a show we've already discussed, um, or if you do pick an episode from a show that we have not discussed, it does not pr- preclude it from being discussed in the future. We're we're really trying to hone in on the episodes and not the shows themselves here. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give like a little background, but then I won't go too yeah. deep. Uh, obviously, you know that. Rambo uh, First Blood came out in uh, 1984. And then the sequel, Rambo First Blood Part 2, came out in 85. And then this cartoon, Rambo Force of Freedom, (laughs) came out in 86. Uh, Ran for 65 episodes. It was, I mean, out of all the Toxic Crusaders, I mean, that's practically an x-rated movie at the time (laughs) but rambo was a hard r drama and this was basically uh you know carl co pictures wanting to wanting to bite off a gi joe this is essentially a gi joe show focused on one specific dude with some with some supporting guys uh and, and and the one specific dude being rambo so you know he's got all the He's got Colonel Troutman from from the uh, the, the movies. Uh, a, a, must, it, a much more buff looking Colonel yeah. Troutman. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, everybody was buff. The toy line was buff. Everything was buff, and they did yes, as Corey said, they used real weapons in this, not laser beams. Uh, so, uh, in fact, the toy line, which we'll talk about when we do the show, was hardcore to the max. Um, yeah, t- Colonel Troutman. Colonel Troutman was voiced by Alan Oppenheimer. AKA Skeletor. <laughs> and then uh, the voice of Rambo was Neil Ross, AKA Shipwreck from G.I. Joe. So, um, can I just say real quick? Because, uh, you know, I just, while we're here, he did such a good job of not making Rambo like a caricature of Rambo. Like, he actually was doing Rambo. Like, it was, I was like, wow, that, that's actually really good. I think that's the case because Rambo had not become parody yet. He had become parody after Rambo 3. I think Rambo 2 was like, oh, shit, this is like, uh, uh, you know, Rambo on steroids, literally and figuratively. Uh, And then, (laughs) you know, the cartoon comes out and he hadn't become a parody yet. It's still 86. It's like we hadn't hit that cynical phase of making fun of everything and and, and joking about it. And obviously we don't have the the gifts that we have now or gifs or whatever they're called. So, yeah, he did a great job. I totally agree with you. Um, Yeah, Rambo Rambo had a bunch of side characters. I won't mention many of the ones that are on the show. I'll just mention one that is in the show, Turbo, who's voiced by James Avery, obviously from Fresh Pint. Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Shredder from TMNT. Oh back man, I love James Avery so much. R.I.P. It's got a killer intro, which it's funny now because I watched the intro to Dexter and I'm like, did they bite off a of Rambo a little bit? Because <laughs> Rambo's tying his shoes, he's putting his belt on, he's putting his knife in his sheath, the the bandana around his head, and like someone should take the music from Dexter and put it over the music to or the intro to Rambo. That would be hilarious. Um, but there's a narration to Rambo and it's by Don LaFontaine in a, in a, you know, in, in a, a world, world, that guy, um, Peter Cullen does the main villain, Sergeant Havoc, which is, or sorry. Uh, yeah, he's one of the main villains, Sergeant Havoc. Uh, at one point on the series, uh, Frank Welker did one of the characters as well. So it's like, you've got these a list, 
voice actors in this show. Uh, the Jerry Goldsmith did the score. He did, his his music from Rambo is in uh, is in the show, which is a really big deal. But that's just the intro outro music because the rest of the music on the show is from Haim Sabin and Shuki Levy, the kings, the kings of cartoon 80s cartoon soundtracks i'm sorry there's no one else that comes close to them no one not the first time we've mentioned them and not the last i'm sure (laughs) oh i mean we may have to devote an entire episode just strictly talking about the music of these guys and 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 maybe we'll have a you know what when we do when we bring pad to a con near you and do a panel uh maybe we'll do a tv obscura contest karaoke contest where all all the music will be the theme songs diallo will be excluded because he'll win them all if that's the case uh anyways so yeah the the music was uh was done by uh shuki levy and haim saban however you know the fact that they've got the jerry goldsmith score uh it's just insane it's insane that that like it's so cool that a an R-rated action movie has this guy like has the original music from the uh from from the movie, you know? It's just awesome. So anyways, um I won't wax any more about it. I'll talk specifically about when Savage stole Santa. So Savage is an acronym. Uh I'll tell you what that means when we get to the show proper, but Savage is basically Cobra. They're a terrorist yeah. organization hell-bent on destroying everybody. And uh, Rambo and his pal Turbo are helicoptering their way into the Colorado mountains to visit their buddy, Chris Kaufman. Chris Kaufman is a former <laughs> <laughs> bomb manufacturer, <laughs> rocket scientist, slash terrorist, um, who now is trying to live a life of seclusion with a bunch of kids in an orphanage, and he looks like Santa Claus. So, um, I mean, guys and gals, Chris, episode, Chris Kaufman, Chris Kringle, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Chris, Chris is, uh, you know, he's painting toys and getting ready for Christmas. Meanwhile, the orphan kids in the orphanage are um, excited to see Santa Claus, all except for this one little shit who complains that there's no such thing as Santa. And, you know, we're orphans. No one cares about us. And he he basically runs off into the wilderness of the snow in Colorado. And Rambo finds Rambo and Turbo find him. Rambo jumps down out of the helicopter to go rescue him. And I love Uh, how, I mean, guys and gals, Rambo is... uh... (laughs) They're flying in the snow. It's he is sleeveless and he's riding on the side of the helicopter <laughs> and the helicopter has no canopy. So Turbo, they're just exposed to the elements. It is wild. Well, and you know, very similar to Chuck Norris and Karate Commandos, yeah. he's wearing the outfit of the toy. So yeah, you, of course. which I appreciate. You can hold the toy that looks just like the one in the thing. Um, so Rambo is wearing a uh, sleeveless hoodie at the time and jumps down to save this kid. Uh, and at the same time, Savage is hell bent on capturing Chris Kaufman, who used to work for Savage and basically capturing him and starting to make rockets again. And all hell breaks loose. Rambo has to 
Return the Kid infiltrates Savage to rescue Santa, I mean, Chris Kaufman and, uh, and save the day. And in the meantime, you know, he goes through three costume changes. He goes yeah. from the sleeveless hoodie, <laughs> which is badass. Then he goes into a more traditional, like, turtleneck uh, jacket scenario, all bundled up uh, when he's riding on a snow uh, uh, snow, snow ski. What do you call uh, those things? Snowmobile. Snow, snowmobile. Snowmobile. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when when he goes to rescue Chris Kaufman, he gets captured himself, or like gets. Uh, at one point, he's trying to rescue him, and he gets clobbered by a bunch of pieces of wood, and he's on a conveyor belt that's going to slice him up, and he gets off the conveyor belt, um, and goes to rescue Chris. There's a montage where he he's shirtless now. And he's 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 sticking his sword in the sheath. Yeah. He's putting his bandana on, and he's all pumped up. You know, he's going shirtless in the snow, which is really <laughs> badass. <laughs> um, all the while, live action rounds are being shot at each other, and you hear the sounds. It's mm-hmm. like you know, hardcore. And uh, it's not and, GI and Joe what- lasers at all. It is. Bu- 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 it's machine guns. They have Uzis <laughs> and they're drawn like Uzis. It is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's hardcore. It's hardcore. And we uh, the, the episode culminates with with uh, Rambo rescuing Chris, uh, a.k.a. Santa, bringing him back to the uh, orphanage. Uh, Savage gets away, like as any good villain does, to 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 try again another day. Uh, you know they teach perseverance to the villains too, which is it's well rounded. Don't give up, guys. You may be able to take over the world someday, just not today. <laughs> and so uh, they get back to the orphanage. The little shit sees the light of day, and he's like, "Oh, you know there is a Santa Claus," and he ends up helping. Uh, well, uh, he helps Rambo, who's now dressed up as Santa. Well, wearing a Santa's outfit. Hey, I'm uh, Santa's helper. And Chris comes in. Oh, I ho, 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 everybody. He's like a Russian, like uh, Eastern European accent. And uh, they give presents to all the kids. And the little shit becomes a good shit. And uh, that's how the episode ends. And that is how Savage stole Santa. (laughs) And this episode is wild because it was, it, it just like, this would never be made again. This would never be made in this day and age. And it's I'm so glad that it's really hard to find. Uh, you got to like type in the full episode, and 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 there's a link. It's some random like website. Yeah, I've never heard so, of this. Yeah, you oh. sent it. You sent to the, the we. I've never used that website for my life, but I was so yeah. happy that the that the video played. So yeah, I don't even yeah, know the what that website episode was. Is there. Uh, Rambo, the, the, I have some of the episodes on DVD. They used to be available on Amazon, uh, in like volumes, but now that, but then they got pulled. So they go for buku bucks on eBay, unfortunately. Um, but man, you guys, everyone listening, you got to track down when Savage stole Santa because it is so entertaining. It, it, you laugh out loud, like kids will love it kids kids of today will realize it's just a cartoon it's not a big deal uh adults will love it because it's so bonkers over the top i'm curious what you guys thought of it i kind of know what diallo thought because he was sitting right next to me the whole time but he's gonna share anyways (laughs) but guys go for it Corey. i'll start with you Corey. what did you think of when stat when savage stole santa fucking loved it it was balls to the wall action from beginning to end pure zany wildness and i was there for every single second of it um 
I watched Rambo as a kid, but probably of these three cartoons, Rambo is probably the one I watched the least. I don't think it was out of interest. I just don't know if, if it was available as much, you know, I just don't know. I don't remember when it was playing. Um, but it was syndic- syndicated in the afternoons, I, at least for me. Okay, okay. I do remember watching it, but I really don't remember it as much. This episode was fantastic. I was equally enthralled by the action uh, as I was by how well the Rambo, like I said, the Rambo voice was. I was like, wow, they're actually not turning it into something, you know, silly and, and zany. They're actually trying to take this character, you know, sort of seriously as, as serious as it can as he can be taken i thought it was fun i thought um you know it has a message in the end they they really do have a message uh, i do like the fact that the, the little shit character you're talking about he's in it throughout the course of the whole thing so he's kind of like on this adventure uh with rambo which is he's a funny. very dangerous adventure but uh it's, it's <laughs> of course this kid's you know it's his arc uh it's i like the fact that there's like this backstory as as chris kaufman was like this like russian weapons maker and and he got rescued by john rambo because he didn't want to be doing what he was doing and and john rambo rescued him and now he's like doing what he wants to do which is like be a good guy i was like that's that's really sweet i really freaking like this and uh it's just it's just it's so you know the silly stuff was silly but i think it was necessary to offset the because they go straight seriousness with the guns and stuff and you know like i I was like that as someone who grew up watching mostly gi joe and transformers i know that they made an they made a decision you know uh to to make the guns and gi joe lasers and all this kind of stuff so but when you see the opposite end of that spectrum, the the someone who makes the decision to make the guns bullets, you know, actual guns and, and, and whatnot, you're like, wow, yeah, that is, that's a strong choice right there. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's a strong choice because it changes the tone. No matter how much you want to make the tone zany, it adds a level of realism to it that, that I think forces you to make some other choices be a bit zanier. To kind of try to level out the the tone of the whole show unto itself, um, the fact that like there is even a John Rambo cartoon, you know, mm-hmm. and the fact that they had a Christmas episode, and the fact that it's freaking good is like, and it's actually telling like a moral, like a, it's just how did any of this happen? Like how did the, 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 the stars align to make something like this happen? And you said it earlier, like we will never see something like this again. We will never have another time. I think in society where we take rated R movies and turn them into kid cartoons. But remarkably, I'd say this is the way to do it. Like, like I think this is kind of better than RoboCop and, and the animation was really good. It was it really fucking longer. yeah. It, it lasted longer than RoboCop two, but the animation was actually really fucking good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I and- my takeaway this epi- this episode was more fun and better than it had any right to ever be. So you know what, Rambo the cartoon series, I tip my hat to you. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, like the the people behind the original series were kind of. You know, uh, Carl Co. Pictures would put it out. 
who put out the so even seeing that logo at the end too the 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 carlco logo you know was just brought back so many feels and uh it, it's it, yeah it's really i think that's why i like it more now because i'm like ooh the tone is kind of heavy it's great I th- and I think the biggest saving grace that it has is Neil Ross's John Rambo was not a parody. And it was, he was actually trying to do a Sylvester Stallone. And I, th- I think he did a damn good job. Totally agree. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Diallo, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I thought it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah, and, course, and, and your point is, was. and your point is what? <laughs> uh, but like, so, like, you know, as a writer, sometimes I get really hung up on the stuff I'm doing, and I'm like, uh, I, this is got, I've got to make this make sense. And I spend all this time trying to make stuff make sense. And then I'm watching this episode, and <laughs> I'm like, he's like, Santa is a w- former weapons dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, somebody sat down and like, we're going to make a Christmas movie out of Rambo. And, and they did it. And... They made it work. And when I say it was ridiculous, I don't mean like it wasn't worth my time. It actually was like pretty yeah. amazing watching it. And like it just the fact that they the fact that they decided to like make a Christmas episode from Rambo and like I don't know, it just like the creativity that it took to actually come up with that story and it kind of fit it fit into the, that realm of what Rambo is, like the fact that Santa like you take the concept of Santa and they're like, okay, we're going to make Santa quote unquote real. But then they're like, well, we're going to make him a former weapons dealer. That's, that's repenting for his past. I mean, it, it fits, it fits yeah. into like Rambo. So yeah. like, it just, yeah, it does. <laughs> but that, like the sheer, like when I say ridiculous, like the sheer amounts of like, we're going to make this work no matter what. And it, it like, it was kind of a stretch, but at the same time, like it had, I mean, it had a moral, it had, you know, and it kind of like, I mean, I appreciate it because it was Chris, a Christmas story because like Rambo all of a sudden is like p- kind of playing one of the elves kind of and <laughs> yeah. giving yeah. gifts and, yeah. um, you know, and wants it, to be an elf too. Yeah. Oh, like it, it takes on, it kind of takes on that Christmas vibe too at the very end because it's, it's really about the Christmas message and not about like kind of like being logical, whatever that means in a kids cartoon so but yeah but i i just when i say it, it's ridiculous because it just it was out there man yeah <laughs> it was wild it was it was so wild and like you said like he he's like with his uh cut off uh you know shirt and the hoodie and um then like when he has to go into action action um zach said it too it's like you know that's, his shirt's going off now yeah you know <laughs> And that's when he also put the, he put the red bandana yeah, on. That's when you know shit on. gets serious. Yeah, yeah. You know what they omitted? They omitted all the scars on his body. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They definitely did. They had you know, them on like, the figures, right? They, they did on they, the figures. They had the scars, right? They did, yeah. And the figures did, were not nearly as cool as they could have been. I feel yeah. like if they released a three and three quarter line, they didn't. The figures were like. I think six inches tall. Yeah, yeah. they and, were. Galo- uh, I think they were by Galoob, and I remember Galoob never no, really Coleco. did. Coleco oh, Coleco did. Oh, okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah, they. But no, no, but same deal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was wild, man. I. 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 I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
I never really guys and gals. You got to watch it. It, It's it's a wild scene. I'm telling you. I I mean, I I don't want to give. I don't want to get. I don't want to dig too deep into it because there's so much to unpack with Rambo. uh, When you talk about the toys specifically, because it's like, whoa, they were really pushing the envelope of violence. But um, (laughs) but he he's got like you were not joking about the animation. It's really well done. And I think, you know, G.I. Joe had an orchestral score as well. But the, the score to this, knowing that the music came from such a dramatic movie and you have this, you know, it's like kind of dark. It's dark. Like it's a darker tone yeah. to the music. And, and, then, and then you've got, you know, uh, the one little kid almost dying of hypothermia. Don't Diallo, don't they throw him in a? Uh, they th- he he tells Brian to like go to sleep because uh, he lays Brian down like to, <laughs> basically to hide while he goes beats up the bad guys and uh, and then yeah. Brian's still asleep and he throws him in a Santa sack and so he delivers yeah. him <laughs> to the kids. We were, yeah, they were like, "Where where is he?" And I was like, "He's probably in the sack." And then sure enough, he pops out. Of the sack. <laughs> I was kind of joking, but like it was, it was, he was really in there. Yeah. I lost three fingers, but Merry Christmas. (laughs) He's, hey, he's an orphan. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he doesn't, doesn't matter. So I never really watched, I, I watched, I, I mean, I watched Rambo when it was on, but I think it was like really passively. Like I watched, I definitely watched Ghostbusters and I definitely watched The Tick. But I remember Rambo and then Zach's not going to like it. But Chuck Norris were two shows that I think I just kind of like they happened to be on or whatever. And I wasn't really quite paying attention to them. And like, that's OK. Yeah. We'll bring it up again. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what this show's for, to remind you of of these awesome things that we all missed out. We yeah. might have missed out on. Back I mean, isn't wasn't Chuck Norris that cartoon like only like six episodes? Like we could probably do like a whole TV obscure. Oh, was it? On was that? It was 13. Oh, was it 13? Okay. No, 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 no. You know, no, no, it was eight. I think eight. it was eight episodes. Eight. Oh, yeah. wow. I had no idea. Saturday For some reason morning, I thought it was, it was a on. Saturday morning cartoon. Oh. No, they replayed the shit out of it. I do remember that. I do yeah. remember them replaying the shit out of it. I, I may have remember to buy the toys that guys. more or something. I don't know. So, so Zach, you said you can't find um, this at all. Like, it's not available on DVD or what? It's such a, it's nope. such. This and RoboCop are such cartoon oddities to me. I would fucking love to own the DVD box set of Rambo and just be like, hey, well, you want to see something fucking crazy? They turned a rated R fucking movie into a kids' cartoon. Watch this <laughs> shit, you know? I know it. It, it, it kind of drives me nuts when I see like, no offense, because I love the movie. Movie, but seeing like reanimator getting its 15th pressing for a blu-ray but i don't see like cartoons that that love or, yeah. or movies that i never even made seen the light of day you know come on guys like just do a limited run or if we can if we can do a, a crowdfunding for a for what is that monster from return of the jedi you know oh the rancor uh, yeah yeah rancor or, or the sky striker from gi joe or uh, then we can easily do a crowdfunding for episodes of uh, of Rambo. I would gladly do that. A lot of the shows I bring up are like unavailable everywhere. I want them available. I know. I, I do too. <laughs> I, I really so, do anyways, too. <laughs> I, but, but yeah, I think it's available on Daily Motion and some. If you just type in when Rambo and Savage stole Santa, you you can find it on the 
somewhere streaming on online yeah and it's it's definitely worth tracking down just for the novelty aspect of it <laughs> oh it's great hey kids we're gonna watch a christmas episode oh is it gonna be like the flintstones where it's all happening fun fact no one dies but one guy goes into icy water yeah. so, but he's got you know one of his arms is made out of iron so he's not gonna get hypothermia over all of his body and can we talk about how weird that is like the juxtaposition of seeing like his design is clear like an action figure design at like with like a like a claw hand and then he's holding yeah. a freaking uzi like a real uzi that could kill you yeah. and i'm just like <laughs> there's just something so weird about it yeah it's weird and awesome i mean i know a laser could kill you too but at the same you know you know that there's a difference to it oh the, and yeah it's so hard not to talk about the rest of the show, but yeah, no, it's 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 bonkers, and I cannot wait to introduce more episodes to you guys. I, I was gonna say we're gonna have to do a Rambo episode, but until then, oh, we are. But until then, we have the tick to talk about. Spoon. <laughs> hey, everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there, I'm ADL Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The Winter Tell is almost here. And now, back to the show. Yeah, my episode was uh, The Tick Loves Santa. It <laughs> he sure does. Was, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. The Tick uh, ran from 94 to 96. It was uh, ran three seasons. Uh, this was from season two. It was... One, so it was on Fox Kids, um, which was just at that time, it was the powerhouse. I remember loving um, that block of shows back then. It was uh, like The Tick, Spider Man, X Men, like what a morning, and yeah. uh, Power <laughs> Rangers at the end. It was it was great. It was great. Um, and uh, it was by Sumbo Entertainment, which in my head clicked because that's where a lot that's where uh, a lot of the Marvel uh, cartoons uh, came from, and a lot of those shows that were on Fox Kids were Marvel shows. And I guess it's come full circle now because Marvel and Fox are owned by Disney. Well, and and they just released that they're they're making I think a sequel to X Men, like yeah, X Men ninety seven, yeah, or nineties, yeah, the nineties, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. that's gonna be interesting i'm kind of i'm i feel like they're teeing up the movies um but i hope so yeah we'll see we'll see what's up 
Um, but yeah, so the ticket was uh, created by Ben Edlund. Um, he was uh, was a, he was doing a comic book, um, like indie comic book, and um, I think right around the time Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles popped, people were out there looking for properties to turn into toys, and he uh, kind of went into development for a. It was like for a few years, and finally they ended up being on um, on Fox Kids, um, and it was. It was fairly popular. My memory of it is that it wasn't actually as popular as um, I like kind of my little research was was saying it was. Obviously, they've had two live action um, shows in the last 20 years as well. Um, the, the first live action show only lasted a few episodes and the other one can be on be seen on Prime. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it Patrick Warburton? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Is putty. That? Yeah. Putty from uh, Seinfeld. Yep, yeah. He was I remember the tick. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He it hasn't had much success in the uh, in in the live action arena as it did, I think, in the animated arena. Yeah, he can do so much more for the for the animated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can yeah. do so much more with the animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animated had. I mean, obviously, I mean, you will talk about it this episode. The animated, it just it can be as zany and irreverent and funny all at the same time. And it's really hard. That doesn't necessarily translate into the live action. Um, but yeah. And so in this episode, what, how it starts is a bank robber is running from the police and he uh, kind of turns a corner and he runs into like this homeless kind of looking uh, Santa. That's a uh, like, like kind of like getting donations, um, ringing his bell. Uh, they disappear behind the alleyway, and the uh, the robber mugs the Santa and takes his costume. Um, so then enter Tick and um, Arthur, and they come across scene. Santa's running from the police, and the Tick loves Santa. So obviously he's super excited to see Santa. <laughs> And he watches as the cops chase uh, the robber who eventually ends up falling into this neon sign and gets electrocuted (laughs) to death and falls. So this immediately launches the ticket to an existential crisis. (laughs) He sees Santa die. (laughs) And he's just like, when when you're 43, nothing's funnier than an existential crisis in a, in a cartoon, you know? Yeah. He's just like, he's beside himself. Like, Oh my God, Santa's Santa's dead. He's he like, he, he sinks into like depression. He just can't, he just can't get over it. Um, meanwhile, while he's kind of in his in his uh, fugue state, uh, uh, the uh, the Santa somehow ends up the electricity didn't kill him, but it gave him power. So he's able to multiply himself. So he makes these copies of himself and all of them, all they all the copies can say is ho, ho, ho. So he has like a little gang of uh, Santas. And so um the Tick and Arthur come up upon him again, um, and he, the Tick kind of realizes that Santa's bad, but he can't bring himself to stop the guy, even though he knows he's bad, because he looks like Santa. So he just M- can't. Much, much to Deflator Mouse's chagrin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, guy, you gotta get, you gotta get yourself together. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so then he, you know, he can't stop 
Santa because he looks they can't stop bad Santa because he looks like Santa. So now he the tick's gone from um, existential crisis to having a mental block. (laughs) (laughs) And the really cute, fun solve for this is um, with the tick spin is that uh, Santa actually appears with his um, elves who are kind of like his secret service, which is really was a really fun scene. Um, where they kind of sweep the room, and then um, uh, Santa enters, gives tick gives tick a, a kind of a pep talk, and finally, in the, uh, the sort of like the last act, um, the Santas are in a, a big uh, power generator, and um, everything kind of comes to head. There's a Yule tide, which is uh, a bunch of Santas in um, in a big avalanche of snow. Um, Yuletide. And, yeah, it's That's a Yuletide. Um, yeah, and then uh, the tick finally figures out. He the tick gets over his mental block, and by being able to, um, he 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 can't punch Santa in the face, so he decides I will give him a nuggy instead, and that leads him to ultimate victory. And I I won't give the spoiler. Of how it solves, but you have to watch the episode to see. And (laughs) it's a zany twenty minutes, and I and again, like the tick was something like I used to watch it all the time when it was on. But again, that was another show that once it went off, I I don't think I had watched it again since like the mid nineties. And um, but you know, as I you know, I was watching with. With Zach and Bodie, and again, I hadn't watched that episode since then, but literally right when certain things were starting to happen, I like started saying them out loud because I, I it, it was a really strange experience because I, I remember going, ho, 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 not remembering that that's what they said, but then they said it. <laughs> And then, yeah. and then there was the other, the Yuletide part, like when they were like the avalanche was coming and I go, it's a Yuletide. And then like <laughs> you said it. And I, I so surprised that I even remembered that, but I, I remembered it without knowing that I remembered it, which was really weird. Um, but I do remember actually kind of thinking about it more when that episode came out, I actually really, really loved it. So yeah, the tick, um, the tick. The tick, spoon. yeah, I don't know, it's spoon, <laughs> yeah. They and it, that was another thing. Like you were talking about uh, the, the real Ghostbusters when they had the um, the uh, in the containment um, uh, Jigamazoo, and they you saw all the ghosts from different episodes that were kind of gathered, and it kind of had this had this feeling of continuity. And it's one of the things I always loved about the tick was the moon. Yep, and, I, know, I was going to bring up the same thing. Yeah, yep. Chairface Chippendale yep. uh, episode, and it was always there. <laughs> yep. This is really great. I Words can't describe how much I loved the Tick cartoon back in the day, but mm-hmm. weirdly, like you, I haven't seen it like since the mid-'90s, but I fucking adore adored this cartoon so when i'm watching this episode i don't i don't really remember like specifics from this episode but what i remember is like all the different characters american made deflator mouse you know sewer urchin or whatever and and oh by the way our arthur uh voiced by our pal rob paulson who we interviewed yeah, for yep. the show um yeah. it was man just fun 
like fun is the word that 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 comes to mind when I'm when I think of this that sh- this show and this episode. It's so much fun, and how interesting how different all three of these cartoons are in just as a base tonal difference, but also different in how they tackle Christmas. But yet all of them are trying to, are still like leaving you with, with a message and everything. And I would say, you know, uh, the ticks is a little bit more zany than, than the other ones. Weirdly more zany than, than Rambo, (laughs) but, but man, I'm watching this thing and it's just like, I re fell in love with this tick cartoon as I was watching it. I was like, God, I, I love all the puns that they do. I love that. Like, you know, his name is just like multiple Santas. Like that's his like his yeah. name, you know? It's just like yeah. I love that shit. And then you throw in the fact that like, you know, the 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 moon, you know, there's like this persistent storyline that sort of happens and everything. And then just like they have these like little cutaways like with the the, the I don't know, like some guards, you know, are funny and the, this show cartoons man when we were growing up they were fun i love cartoons but rarely were they funny this show has legit humor and i used to read the tick before it was even a cartoon so like when the tick became a cartoon i was already a tick fan and i was already looking forward to it i was already excited for it but as far as this episode goes I think this episode was so much fun. I loved all three of them. I loved all three of the shows that we discussed uh, or the episodes that we discussed uh, uh, here for various reasons. And and this one, you know, no different than Rambo or, or Real Ghostbusters. It is fun from beginning to end. It's zany fun. It's a different kind of fun. Um, but it also has a lot of heart because of how much um, the tick loves Santa Claus. And, and it's... It's childlike, of course, because that's how sort of the tick is, but that's a great way for kids to sort of, you know, connect. And at the same time, you know, the rest of the world is painfully aware of like how uh, mature looking the tick is. And yet he's got the mind of a sort of a kid. Um, even the, the even the Santa calls out the fact that like, you know, you've kept the spirit alive longer than any rational adult like could, you know. And I think that just sums it up. Like the fact that the, the Santa Claus has like a, an elf secret service service you know it's just this episode is fun it's so much fun and i think it's accessible to anybody and i think you could show this to anybody and like they would understand all the characters and i think it would be a great introduction to like what the tick is about and like what the ticks like humor is about and everything and the fact that like you know he get the, the the bad guy gets electrocuted and that gives him his powers it's so ridiculous but diallo and zach you guys are both tick fans you know that's the point of the tick it's supposed to be ridiculous they it's supposed to take superhero shit and make it ridiculous and i love it for that and i love this episode it was a great great christmas episode so much fun and the fact that he defeats them with noogies i mean come on yeah Yeah. come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would say uh the light the 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 lesson in this episode is don't punch your friends give him a noogie (laughs) give him a noogie uh i i used i yeah i echo what you say what you said Corey. uh got those comics back in the day what was it like new england comics yeah new england uh, comics. yep yeah i had like every ep- issue back in the day and when i heard the cartoon was coming out i was like they're making a cartoon on this show 
Is the flaming carrot gonna be next? Because I love that one too. <laughs> flaming carrot, dude, and, and like flaming carrot ruled. Dude, good dude. Zach knows his shit. The, the, I know a deep, my shit. That's a deep cut. Yeah, Yao and I both know how deep of a cut that was, and bravo, Zach, bravo. Dude, I I know I was more of an indie comic book guy than a mainstream, uh, and that's just the route I always went because I was like, I'm not. It's my brother was way into Marvel and and mostly Marvel toe dipped into dc every now and then but uh and then we go to the comic book stores and i would be like well what are the ones that no one else is reading those are the ones i want did, to read. did you ever read you know? madman back in the day by mike Allred? oh yeah madman uh what was the what was the guy was it not morbius um uh, it was like a gray kind of oh yeah the rock Con- it was like con concrete, concrete. Uh, d- yeah concrete yeah. by uh dark Horse. concrete yeah. uh but then there was also like a Oh, Cerebus. So you're thinking of Cerebus. Cerebus, yep. yeah. Cerebus. Cerebus. Oh, yeah, the aardvark. Ce- yep. Yeah. Concrete, Cerebus, all that shit. Uh, when, you know, Diallo was at uh, LA Comic Con talking about the first Noel Chronicles, and uh, one of the, the, the moderator brought up Elric, or maybe Diallo brought up Elric. I yeah, I brought I brought. El- yeah. All that indie shit back in the day, because Elric was definitely indie as well. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'm watching this and I'm like bringing back all the memories because because this was the time when I was starting to starting to slowly wean off from Saturday morning cartoons. And also Saturday morning cartoons were about to die off soon after this, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, which is such a bummer. But this show is so weird and in in the best ways. You could put it like a tag team with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes in this, and pe- people be like, this is what kids watch back then? They must have been on drugs <laughs> because they're both so bizarre. And, and Attack was also another show that had, like, writing more for adults than kids where the, 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 the adults would get the jokes, not the kids. And so many weird characters. Bodie loved this. He loved the random dude, the little random half naked guy. Feral boy. Feral boy. Feral yeah, boy. Feral boy. Yeah. yeah. Every time just, he pop he up, he was just creeping in the background. Yeah. And, and I was like, I was, I was watching it, and they never call him out. But I, in the back of my head, yeah. I was like, I think his name is Feral Boy. And yeah, <laughs> boy. I was like watching this thing, man. I was fucking just, it was flooding me. I was like, oh my god, I love this. It's, it's so great. It is so great. It's so funny. Um this they should reboot this as well you know because it's it's just but what a what an awesome thing for the guy who created the tick to 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 get his show made into a cartoon to get his comic book made into a cartoon you know it's like uh, it reminds me of throw in axe cop that the one that was created by the five-year-old with uh with his old, yeah, old yeah, brother, brother. axe yeah. cop ruled <laughs> by the way if you guys don't know what axe cop is go seek that shit out that will make you lose your lunch it's so they, funny and they good turned way. that into a, i think a cartoon network show yeah f mm-hmm. fxx okay yeah. uh, <laughs> so well all i know is uh san diego comic-con one year had a giant like a uh, 100 foot tall inflatable axe cop in the middle of downtown San Diego. And I'm like, how awesome is that? That these bizarro ass shows can get be- made into this. But I love it. Christmas themed. Um, the ho 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 thing was hilarious. The, the puns were funny. Uh, I would gladly watch this one again. I just love that such obscure Christmas episodes exist in the pantheon of everything. People are like, oh, the Brady Christmas. Oh, the Flintstone Christmas. Oh, the, which is fine. The Jetsons Christmas, which is, again, fine. But 
No, you want to do some wild shit. I love wacky Christmas things. I used to have a, a evil Christmas party where I would um, <laughs> do a, uh, I talked about this in the transfers episode. I would do a chalk line of Santa Claus on the sliding door. Like he crashed into it. And I, I think I did show some of these bizarre Christmas episodes, not the tick, but I might've shown the, uh, the real Ghostbusters one, you know, to warm up because it, it's the best when you take such a beloved holiday like Christmas and you turn it on its head by doing something weird. It's, it's great. It's interesting when you look at the the three shows that we just did, the progression, because they also go in, in order of time, too. So, you know, the yeah. real Ghostbusters was was, was very Dickens-esque, and it was very traditional. Uh, Rambo was just a lot of the left field, but yet it, try, it stuck with a, th- like, it stuck with, like, a theme, Santa Claus, yada, yada, yada. But then you get to, like, The Tick, and we're in the 90s, and it's so weird and so out there and so zany. And it's just, like, you can see sort of the progression of this, like, storytelling in cartoon form. Um, but one thing I also noted was was I forgot how much I loved that mid-90s uh cartoon art style that the ticks i think the ticks sort of pushed it very very forward um it was very blocky a lot of like sort of right angles and stuff like that um i i remember the men in black cartoon had a very similar art style and everything and i if i feel like jumanji too i think and i feel like around this time frame it was like either two styles it was either the tick um, or, or Men in Black sort of blocky style, or you had the Batman animated series, um, Tim uh, Diallo, save me, uh, the guy who created Bru- that. Bruce, Bruce Tim. Tim. Thank you. Yeah, Bruce Tim. Um, you have his style. There's like, basically there was two hardcore distinct styles in the mid to late 90s of cartoons, and, and those were sort of it. But like, I kind of feel like I'm more... Like what I watch more or I'm more familiar with now in 2021 is the is the Bruce Tim style because I kind of rewatched Batman anime series, but I do like the square blocky tick slash men in black style as well. I, I do think it's very unique looking. Oh yeah, you you bring up a really good point. I I do remember uh, a lot of those shows, and again, a lot of them were on Fox. They had um like the the art styles. It it was like. It was like cartoons, sort of like I, I'm gonna use the word matured, but I, that I don't mean that in a like sober, boring kind of way. It was just yeah. like they got more serious about the art styles or something. And I, you know, when you you were talking about uh, Men in Black, and that kind of made my jump, my mind jump to the Godzilla cartoon, um, and the artwork for that. I remember just being like very stylized and um, looking really good. I. I the cartoon was kind of like whatever, whatever, but I do remember the artwork and, um, and it, and it's such a, it's such a strong departure from like all of the things that we like grew up with really. And it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, the guy that I called out earlier who uh, co-created real ghostbusters and he mm-hmm. men in black and everything, the Godzilla cartoon was another one that he co-created. And oh, wow. to your point, I think you're right. It's, it's probably, maybe more of a reflection of the animation studio that they probably mm-hmm. used, you know, Fox kids or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's mature in the way that you're right. It's not mature bland, but it's like a next evolutionary step from the cartoons that we sort of grew up with. And guys and gals, I will be bringing the men in black cartoon to TV obscure one of these days because that thing was fucking awesome. 
yeah, I was going to say we could do that. We could do Jumanji because that cartoon was great too. And then do it like we could do 90s movies. Yeah, 90s movies cartoons. That would that, that would actually be a good one too, you know. It could work. Jumanji was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. The, the animation, it, it, yeah, there was a weird shift. Um, it, But it's still, I think in now, nostalgically, I look at it and it doesn't bother me. It used to bother me as a kid because I'm like, no, I don't want anything to change. You know, I, I want it to all stay the same. But that's how I felt about Filmation back in the day. Um, the 90s just inherited like the new kind of look and edge and attitude to it, which didn't fit my uh, creative sense at the time. You know, as far as television is concerned, it's like, comic books were safe because it was my own voice in my head and my own kind of build world building. This was, this was different. So, but now I watch it and I'm like, Oh shit, I want to bring more on because I did not watch X-Men back in the day. I did not watch it. Uh, I think I Fox was, uh, was it not really on my radar. Um, I think I was watching more wrestling um, at that time. Yeah. I, and so I didn't watch a lot of but, wrestling. I was still watching, honestly, I was still watching a lot of cartoons into the nineties when I was in high school and everything. Uh, I know Diallo, you did it when you were in high school too. I was in college when a lot of those Fox kids, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I yeah. was up there watching them and my roommates would make fun of me sometimes, but I didn't care. I'm like, <laughs> I'm watching power Rangers right now, guys. <laughs> Look, look at you now. You're a superstar on TV Obscura. That's right. Um, Suck I, it, I college say, friends. Yeah. X-Men, X-Men had a Christmas episode, I think. They, the X-Men show had a Christmas episode as well. They did have a Christmas episode, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's time. So we can always throw that in later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look at Diallo now with the first Noel Chronicles. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, so, I, I, t- I, I had a little post about that on uh instagram <laughs> i was walking around la comic-con and i had like a little kind of like surge of like something it was i was a little jealous because i was watching all of the like the younger comic book fans and they just were so like this is there were so many of them and they were just dressed up and just having fun and they were free and they were really like enjoying it and i my brain went back to when i was their age <laughs> a little older and i was like we didn't have this like Okay, I got made fun of like about this stuff like at least until like you know my mid thirties, yeah, <laughs> until, right? until, until like Marvel movies started becoming popular. And now it's like people ask me all the time, so what's what's up with Doctor Strange? And I can yeah. tell them, but like yeah. back back then, you know, geez, it's just, it's so different. It's so different now. I, I mean, I think Diallo or both you guys can probably uh, attest to this. When when I was a kid. Uh, like 12 or so going to comic book conventions, like what, probably late 80s, um, early 90s, they were literally, comic book conventions were a a a room at Marriott, like in a conference yeah. room in Marriott, <laughs> yeah. with a yeah. bunch of dudes with just long boxes. There was no cosplay. Yeah. There was there was like prizes and giveaways, but that was it. It was all just essentially the dealer's room. It was just people selling yeah. comic books, and that's where I went and I would buy like all the old Air Cell, Barry Blair, yeah. you know adult yeah. comics and stuff like they didn't give a fuck they're like i'm never gonna and when i was a kid i was like oh i must look old now i look back and i'm like oh no they knew i was 12 they're just like well this kid's i mean there's no good there's gonna be no repercussions for me to sell this kid like adult <laughs> comics because the parents aren't gonna track me down you know but th- those were what comic book conventions were when we were kids you know yep yeah 
you were lucky to get um, some kind of star there to do autographs. Sometimes it was like somebody from Star Trek or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, it was like I used to just go to. Con- I, I I told I said that to Zach when we were there on uh, Saturday. I I just was like, yeah, you know, I used to just come here to get like issues that I couldn't yeah. find in the in, yeah, the, yeah. in the comic book store, you know, so I could fill my collection, and that was basically it, you know. So, yeah. but I mean, it, it it was like, but it was it was fun. It just like I had this. I really had this moment because I was like, man, like. I watched all of them and I was just like, man, they are just having the time of their lives. And like, you know, I guess we had to, like I said, you know, we, <laughs> we got thrown into dumpsters so they could fly. Is yeah. basically what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the but same was, way, man. I was, I was picked on too as a kid for some stuff, nerdy shit that nowadays it's, it's a okay. I, we're, I think we're all the, ex- we all, we're all old enough to realize like, we remember when when geekdom was for geeks and now it's mainstream, you know. Yeah. Well, the so the I'm one thing too, me too. The one thing too that I'm discovering is I think a lot of people that they might have they might not have even said anything to me, but like as I'm older, I understand that they watched all the same things too, the same cartoons, the same shows. It just like you know because it wasn't cool to talk about. So like you were you you were the basketball star, but you were just as into GI Joe. You just couldn't talk about. It. I, but I do have. I remember having this one friend. He would always like make fun of me for going home to watch. G.I. Joe and Transformers like he like he was relentless about it <laughs> and I I'm like what? you know now I'm like oh he has no joy I always thought he was miserable anyways yeah. but but yeah it's like I mean I just had I have such a love for it now and I'm glad that I was um adamant about yeah expressing it yeah regardless but yeah it's just yep. it's uh it was you know, kind of bringing it back to these shows i really loved the i loved the shows that you guys picked uh, again instead of being sort of like the standard christmas which i love all of those things but like i just i got i got to watch like a rambo christmas story <laughs> and uh, yeah, there, and, the, and i got to watch the real ghostbusters again which i hadn't watched in forever so it was, it was like I I am really glad we picked the shows that we did did for this episode because it was it it was kind of outside of the box but it made it way more fun than it like could have you know could have been so yeah I, I'm oh, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. echo exactly what you said buddy um I I loved all three of these these shows all three of these episodes um i'm so happy that i was able to go back and and relive rambo thanks to zach relive uh the tick thanks to you diallo and it it was so much fun i loved how different they were but yet you know obviously thematically similar but just it was just fun and just just how zany the tick is and how action-packed you know uh, um rambo is but in how heartfelt the ghostbusters episode was it was just it was i think it was like a perfect collection of three things that all have a like some sort of connection but they're all so very different and it's also a great like example of how like the art style for cartoons changed and everything it was this was awesome, oh, yeah. and and I hope to I hope to God that guys and gals out there, I hope you do when you when you listen to these episodes. I hope you try to track down the actual episodes and, and watch them, and I think you'll have a lot of fun with it because all three of them are so much 
fun. At the end of the day, that's what I took away from it. I had fun watching every single one of these. Uh, Zach, what are are your final thoughts on it? Yeah, same. This is a great warped Christmas night of viewing. (laughs) If you want want to go down a rabbit hole of like watching bizarro uh, Christmas episodes, this is your ticket right here. So punch it, watch them, do it, enjoy, and you're welcome that we uh, brought these up. The people have talked about these episodes before. I think the most underground out of all three actually is The Tick because when people talk about like your most obscure, uh, if you type in like weird cartoon Christmas episodes, like Rambo comes up a lot. Um, and so I, I'm, but I'm glad to bring it to pad and I'm glad to bring it to you guys. I'm glad we all, we all could watch it and enjoy the, 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 the zaniness, but yeah, uh, ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm going to do a little self plug just, uh, real quick. Um, and going back to the first, oh, well, a lot of what I, Growing up watching a lot of these special Christmas episodes is another thing that kind of inspired me to do this story because ultimately what I would like to have is for when it's done every Christmas you can sit down and reread it or if it gets made into like a mini series or something like every year it's like a the Christmas thing to do um, and yeah, I it's, totally. it goes back to that feeling of like you can see in that like CBS that logo and oh it's a Charlie Brown Christmas special like every year you know and I and that's kind of what is inspired me to do this so um, i i i hope one day to also see it in comic book form as well oh yeah ditto ditto and ditto yeah (laughs) so guys and gals please 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 go check out the first noel chronicles um i have the links in uh in the show notes and everything um you can you can listen to the the audio uh version uh the podcast sort of version the first noel chronicles or you can uh, read it on kindle novella um it's it's good shit it's awesome shit and i hope to god you all check that out zach what you got going on with two dollar late fee well, if people could see what I'm doing right now, I've been doing a, th- uh, a thumb kiss to the screen. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you got a honor. big one, buddy. You got a big. You hooked a whale, my friend. Oh yep, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So so good. So uh, fun fact: January will. We kind of started doing like a season thing, so January will be our season three premiere at two dollar late fee, uh, and we'll be dropping. Uh, we'll we'll be covering Megaforce. Because our upcoming interview will be with none other than Barry Bostwick, Oof. a.k.a. Ace Hunter from Megaforce. Awesome, um, bro. Awesome. Congratulations on that one. All I will say is for people who try to book guests for for their podcasts, it's actually harder than it seems. And uh, Barry's been he's been a fish we've wanted to hook for a long time. And we got him. We got Barry Bostwick. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's upcoming. We just did an interview with Cynthia Rothrock, which was awesome uh we've got an up we by the time this episode airs uh we'll be doing a ski school episode (laughs) (laughs) 1990s movie oh yeah uh, with dean cameron and Stuart fratkin we have an interview with those guys coming up and it's very entertaining and funny so uh yeah lots of fun stuff and we'll be doing another big giveaway on two dollar late fee some sweet blu-rays from vinegar syndrome so stay tuned Sports fans. 
Yeah, speaking of giveaways, I just got my New York Ninja Blu-ray set of by Vinegar Syndrome courtesy of $2 late fee because I entered the contest as me, not podcasting after dark. I was Corey. I did it under my uh, Instagram, at Corey Nation. Because you're all part of the Cory Nation. And, uh, <laughs> and I won. <laughs> I will say really quick, just so everyone doesn't go, oh, you just gave it to Cory because he's your bro. No, we had a very specific contest for New York yeah. Ninja. And I told Cory, because Cory's like, yeah, you better send me one of those bad boys. I'm like, yeah, you better enter the fucking contest then, dude. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> And that was a won. solid entry, though, too. It was a solid entry. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I yeah, had definitely. fun with that one. Yeah. You, should, you can you can see it on my um on my Instagram page. Um, you had to do basically the entry was you had to be a ninja. You had to video like yourself as a ninja doing something nice for somebody. And uh, I had my Boba Fett helmet on because Boba Fett is an intergalactic ninja. And I was bringing a <laughs> uh, 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 dinner to my wife and. Uh, and I did a good, well, I did an okay uh, Tim Morrison uh, impression, I would say. And, uh, but I had fun. And, and yeah, I, I honestly, but truthfully, I didn't know if I should enter or not, but uh, but I did. And then, you know, and Zach and Dustin, they, they just threw my name into the hat like anybody else's. So I got no, uh, you know, preferential treatment or anything like that. But I won, and I'll post the pictures of it because it's a fucking amazing thing. So, Whatever the next contest is, guys and gals, I will be entering, but I do hope that you all enter as well because it is worth it. And and as always, please check out $2 Late Fee because those Zach and Dustin are rocking and rolling over there all the fucking time. Well, thank you. All the fucking time. They Can't blowing up. They have, they have fans. They got fans, yeah, we, baby. They got fans. Yeah. Hey, the three of us. I tell you, the three of us are uh, are, are 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 growers, not showers, because uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's, a, it's you know it's a slow burn. We're That's... we're increasing steadily, so uh, you know we're aging well. My mom used to say to me as a kid, she's like, "You're gonna be a handsome." handsome older man someday i'm like am i handsome now and she's like you're gonna be a handsome older man <laughs> you know what though you got some she time. was right you got some she time. was right <laughs> thanks i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it you're uh, a hunk, but you know what else hunk. is handsome uh our good buddy diallo his career is handsome it's getting more and more handsome it's aging very well every day <laughs> like a fine wine like a fine wine <laughs> and guys and gals uh speaking of j michael straczynski and babylon 5 our patricia tallman uh episode will be dropping soon so will our dd pfeiffer interview as well um and you all should know what why I'm saying J. Michael Straczynski and Patricia Tallman. Uh, they, they used to be uh, an item back in the Babylon 5 days. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got some good interviews dropping soon. We got a, a uh, Dan Shore interview as well uh, coming as well. So look out for those. Um, you can always listen to me every single week on Cartwright. A Seinfeld podcast. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Come on, podcast. Zach threw me off because Zach was talking. Sorry. I said, Sorry. I said, I said podcast. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny. I may have to isolate that. I don't know why I said that. Podcast. Podcast. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to listen to my podcast? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, Adam and I over at Cartwright, we uh, we're we're almost at the end of season seven. We've actually already wrapped it up, you know, behind the scenes. Um, but those episodes will be coming out soon, so we'll be uh, we're barreling towards uh, season eight. And uh, wow, <laughs> we've been doing a lot of Seinfeld over there. But uh, guys and gals, this episode was awesome. Uh, this is the last one of 2021. The last TV Obscura of 2021, I should say. Uh, I'm looking forward to to what we discuss in 2022. I fucking adore this show. I love doing it with the two of you. I love having a reason to go revisit these these old TV shows and just reminisce for you know hour and a half or two hours with uh, two of my best pals, uh, Diallo and Zach. Love you both. Um, like I said, it's a, it's the end of the year, and I just want to say thank you both for an amazing 2021. Thank you both for doing TV Obscura with me. I love you both. Thanks, Brady. Brady. <laughs> Brady. Thanks, Brady. <laughs> Thanks, Brady. You guys are verbally falling off the rails right now. <laughs> yeah, this, guys, this... we can't express our feelings without fumbling over our, our words. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Podcast, brother. This show saved my life, you know? Like, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, sitting sitting at home in a pandemic staring at the, <laughs> staring at the wall. <laughs> and... Uh, I reached out to you guys. It was like, hey, if you want me, uh, if you like want to do a topic on a show, just let have me on because I needed to have something yep. to do. And and you guys had already been talking about doing this, and it's it, it's I'm I'm just having so much fun, kind of, you know, again, um, getting to 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 dig deep into like the recesses of my uh, memory that everyone told me that I was wasting my time. Um, <laughs> I was a kid watching cartoons, but like Zach said, look at me now, you know, I'm on TV. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've made it big, baby. You're on TV. Obscure. This is it. This is big time. Hey, yeah. Well, hey, I, as a uh, Damone from fast time says, wherever you are, that's the place that's to be. Or yeah, as so. uh, a bu- buckaroo bonsai says, no matter where you go, there you are. There you are. Yeah. So it's, it's been. This this year's been it's been really uh, interesting, um, and I'm looking forward to next year being you know um, interesting in in different ways and and more prosperous ways, and um, hopefully just for you know for the entire world, I'm hoping we all can uh, kind of learn lessons from the last uh, few years and make the most of of what's ahead of us when we when we're there. And that's a Christmas message for you guys. That's right. I'm I'm looking forward to all of the amazing things that you, Diallo, you, Zach, and Dustin are going to do at Tudor Auto Lefe. I think 2022 will be an awesome fucking year for, for content, for podcasting content. And I hope you all enjoy the show. I hope you all enjoy every show. And uh, yeah, as always, catch you on the obscure side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Podcasting After Dark.